Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, we are live. Welcome in, everybody. We got to let it breathe just for a moment while we bring in our Facebook audience here. Give us just a moment. You know the drill. And we are good. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast, presented as always by Mile High Huddle and powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, as always, my partner in crime. You know him. You love him. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, we had some uh, interesting uh, comments that came out on uh, on Monday from George Payton with regards to Drew Locke. Of course, here in just a moment, we're going to bring on Jason Cole. We're gonna we're gonna pick his brain on uh, on on George Payton. Get his thoughts on Drew Locke, get his thoughts on John Elway. It's going to be a gas. But what did you think of what George Payton, his very first remarks on the topic of of Drew Locke on a public um, stage? I thought you know it can be interpreted a couple different ways. It was it can be interpreted as like a, a lukewarm assessment of Locke, saying he can be developed, but we're going to look for outside talent. Or uh, you can look at it as him saying we can. Uh, still salvage lock and he's worth developing. And what do you really expect him to say? He hasn't met the Denver media just yet. He started his first day was on Saturday. He's still getting to know the players, the, 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 the coaches, everyone inside the building, the lay of the land in Denver. It was very much a GM type answer from a first time GM, you know, a, a few days after getting the job, Chad. It really was. It really was. And it also to be consistent, it kind of piggybacked on <clears throat> some of the talking points and, uh, I guess for lack of a better term, GM speak that he's used in a couple of previous sit-downs from his statement to his sit-down with the team site on Friday. And we look forward to getting to that. Now, guys, we got, we're going to bring Jason on here in just a moment, but we want to remind everybody as our guest, uh, Jason, we're going to, we're going to talk to him, pick his brain on George Payton and a bunch of other issues. Any questions that you have, any super chats, get them in. We'll obviously grab those after we get a chance to talk with Jason. If you have any specific super chats for Jason, directly to Jason, get him in. And towards the end, if there are some, John will keep an eye out and we will get them uh, in front of Jason before, before we say goodbye to him. But before we dive in and uh, bring Jason on and say hello to him once again, we got to say thank you to tonight's presenting sponsor, Manscaped. Gang 2020 was tough. It was, it sucked. I think a lot of, a lot of men out there kind of let themselves go with regard to manscaping, but it's 2021. It's a new year, and the good news is the time is right for you to to get started on upping your game, stepping your game up with regard to manscaping. 
And right now, Zach, I know it's, uh, you know, I think most people are trying to, most dudes out there are in the spirit. I know we're about almost three weeks into, into the new year, but Zach, I think they're for the most part still in the spirit of new year, new me. And what, what, what better way to, to symbolize that than Manscaped? Yeah, you have the lawnmower chat. I actually have the weed whacker. I love showing off. And I was using this the other day and I was thinking to myself, I once had a nose hair trimmer. I won't mention any names or brands that when I put it inside my nose and I used it, it would be grabby and that would actually cause some discomfort inside my nose and, and cause a little irritation there. When I use this, there's no irritation. There's no discomfort. It's a seamless process. Gets all the nasty stuff out. Makes you look good. Makes you feel better. And when you feel better, you act better, Chad. Like the old Deion Sanders expression about you know, feeling good, playing good. When you feel good as a human being, you tend to um, exert that you know outside of your of your realm as well, and you get to uh, walk around with a better sense of confidence. And that's what Manscaped allows you to do. I recommend this highly, guys. You will not be disappointed. Indeed, guys. The star of the show—it's the lawnmower 3.0. It's the—it's the apex of engineering with regard to manscaping. It's got the light. It's got the battery life. Go get yourself one of these right now. If you go to manscaped.com, you can get 20% off plus free shipping. Manscaped.com. But you got to use the code as you can see on the screen there. Huddle. Trust us, your family jewels. Well, thank you, Zach. Tell them, man. On the way out the door, it's all about New Year, New Me. Starting with Manscaped. That's right. I, we wouldn't let you down, guys. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code HUDDLE at manscaped.com. Again, that's 20% off with free shipping, guys, at manscaped.com. Remember to use the code HUDDLE. Happy New Year to you and your family jewels. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. You're invited to take a vacation from everybody else's vacation to a place where you can explore cypress swamps and magical gardens and see a 65-foot waterfall that once powered an old mill that you can walk through today or just float along the cool, rushing waters of an old-fashioned swimming hole. See the places and plan your journey at visitmississippi.org slash outdoor adventure. Mississippi. Wanderers welcome. Without further ado, let's bring on the man of the hour, Jason Cole. Of course, this isn't the first time that uh, we have introduced Jason Cole to our unique audience, but here he is in the flesh, Jason Cole, Pro Football Hall of Fame voter. Also, as you guys know, the author of this very fine book, which I have read, Elway, A Relentless Life. You guys got to go out and get your hands on this book. It is the definitive book on John Elway. And one of the reasons, among many, that we wanted to bring George, uh, uh, Jason on to, is to talk about George. And so, uh, George Payton, Jason, thanks for making some time for us tonight, my friend. How are you? I'm fantastic and uh, glad to be here. And uh, yes, I, I had the pleasure of not only covering a lot of uh, John Elway's career from afar, but I was with uh, George Payton in Miami for six years um, when he was getting started in the pro football business. So in that time, what uh, what was I mean? There's there's a, a lot of different angles we could take with regard to your experience with George Payton, but as covering you know covering him back then, I think he was the director of of pro personnel for Miami. As as you mm-hmm. mentioned, not the top czar in terms of front office, but a guy that 
basically ran the scouting department. Did you have any inkling that this was a guy who, you know, was, was not, it wouldn't be long before he got his first opportunity at some point to, to be a GM in the league? Well, actually, I thought he was going to be a GM before this. I thought um, George is a really smart guy. Um, played things close to the best. I give him a lot of credit. He was never a source, um, despite my efforts um, to make him a source. Uh, he was very careful about keeping his thoughts close to the best. And I think that's part of not just that's what you need to do when you're in that job, but um, in deference to Rick Spielman, who was in charge and the head coach, whether that was Dave Wanstead or whether that was Nick Saban, um, who made final decisions. So I think George was, you know, he was very cognizant of the hierarchy of how things were supposed to work and that he wouldn't talk out of school. So I had a tremendous amount of respect for that, despite my frustrations of not being able to flip him as a source. Um, and I thought that this guy was on a fairly fast track, even though the Dolphins didn't do a great job on in personnel necessarily during that time, um, especially in the draft, which he wasn't really part of. Um, pro personnel was pretty solid, but there was you know, sort of a lot of panic that went on as Dave Wanstead was, was going through this process and losing grip on his job. And I think it became obvious that it didn't really matter who was in charge on the personnel side. This wasn't going to be successful because the Dolphins were basically chasing their tail at a certain point. That said, they pulled off a great trade uh, to get Ricky Williams at that point in time. You know, even though it turned into two first-round picks, if you go back and you look at who those two first-round picks were, they were, you know, they weren't near, worth nearly nearly as much as what Ricky was worth if the Dolphins had just been able to turn him into something bigger. So I think on the pro personnel side, Dolphins did a solid job. That's what um, that's what George Payton was handling mostly. The draft side, which he's not responsible for, let them down a lot. Jason, I kind of wanted to take your temperature on the the hire of George Payton because Broncos fans and Broncos media think it's a it's a slam dunk, it's a grand slam. Myself included. You mentioned he's he should have been a GM a while ago. He's turned down various requests in the past. This is a guy who was right, waiting for the right opportunity, and the right opportunity came in Denver. You know George and you know John Elway. Can you give Broncos country kind of, you know, paint the picture as to what they can expect going from Elway to Peyton in the GM role? Look, I, I think that this is a person who's come up through the traditional ranks of how do you put together a board, how do you do the assessments, how do you arrange your scouts, rather than a lot of it coming directly from John, okay? John grew up in the business. He obviously understood scouting, he understood, but when he came in, it was like this was his opportunity to put his imprint on the team and do it his way without being encumbered by here are systems. This is what we're supposed to, how we're supposed to run it. These are how we do these reports. Um, I always thought John was incredibly dedicated to putting in the time uh, to actually scout players. He'd be looking at video until late at night. He, he took it seriously, right? But a lot of it was him rather than him deferring to other people below him. That's what, that's what I would say. Um, and because that was, this was his opportunity to do that after being out of the game for 10 years. So I think George comes at it more from the traditional side of, look, scouts go out and do this work. You assess the board, you put it together, you do some final analysis of it. And here's what the board's going to look like. Here's what we're going to, here's what we're going to do. Um, both ways work. Certainly, the Broncos won a Super Bowl under under John Elway. 
he did a great job of selling Peyton Manning on the idea of coming to Denver. Um, he picked Vaughn Miller and a bunch of other really good defensive players. Um, subsequently, hasn't picked a quarterback, but if you were to say that you were going to have 10 years of John Elway running your running your um, front office, running your football operations, and you would win one Super Bowl and go to another, you're probably happy with that. Jason, uh, there's been a few anecdotes that have uh, come out over the last few days since since Peyton was hired, and one of them involves, I think it came from uh, Peter King in his Monday morning column over there at NBC Sports, and one of them is that uh, George Payton, when when the deal was done, Joe Ellis, the CEO president, stayed back at uh, Broncos HQ to kind of start putting together the actual deal itself and get the contract ready and everything. Elway, Fangio, and Payton went out to Elway's restaurant and sat down and, and uh, you know shared some, shared a meal. Payton, according to to King, uh, was dying to know about the Payton Manning recruitment, how John Elway landed Peyton Manning back in 2012. I'm just curious as someone who has some some personal and, and professional experience dealing with George Peyton, why do you suppose that was of such uh, so interesting to him uh, at, you know sitting there at dinner? Well, I mean, I think that it's it's a salesmanship. Like how did you convince such a great player when you're in competition with basically what 10 other teams at the time? To, to get the services, how, what is the sales job with a star player supposed to be like? How are you closing the deal? And the truth is, and you guys have read my book, um, you've read that chapter on how he did it. I mean, he took a soft pedal approach. Do I think a soft pedal approach would work if it was George Payton and not John Elway? Tough call. But I think what what Payton probably is looking at is what is it that what George Payton is looking at is what is it that John Elway does when dealing with somebody of that level? What's his thinking going into it? What is the what is the plan as he's going into it? And John pulled it off in a way that was unique to him, given that he's a Hall of Fame quarterback and it was basically one Hall of Famer talking to another Hall of Famer, one championship quarterback talking to another championship quarterback. At the end of the day, however, there's a quiet confidence to the way in which Elway did this that I think was a key to getting Manning. It's it's a, look, I know we're going to get this done. I know how we're going to accomplish this. And Peyton needs to have that same kind of approach, I believe, going forward when he's going to be recruiting big-time free agents. And speaking of that approach, the number one question on every Broncos fan's mind and every Broncos media member's mind is, what is Peyton going to do at quarterback? Because the incumbent is Drew Locke going into the season. Jason, in your best guess, based on what you know and based on what you feel and your intuition with the game being around it for so long, do you think he'll be the starter? Will they bring in a backup? Are they going to draft a guy? How do you see George Peyton tackling this issue in year one? Look, I, I think they're going to bring Drew Locke back as the quarterback again. I thought there was enough this season to say, okay, there's something to work with here. And, and sure, everybody can poke holes in quarterbacks, all right? It's the easiest thing in the world to do because guess what? Most of them fail, right? But I think Drew Locke has unique ability. I think he's not he was not very well schooled in the art of being a pro quarterback, 
in play, working in a pro system when playing at Missouri. So he's behind in this. And he's playing without his, you know, the guy who was supposed to be the number one receiver, right? Like, you don't have Cortland Sutton. Now, you know, Cortland Sutton is not, you know, Jerry Rice. Let's not sell it this way. But, you know, when you don't have your number one guy, the guy that you're planning around, that changes, you know, the, the way you're going to do business. And that happened late in camp. And now all of a sudden it's got to be Jerry Judy's got to be the guy. And, he's, you know, and he's just new to the league. And so he's getting his feet wet. You know, Fant is still sort of working through, you know, the early parts of his career. I just think that, you know, missing Sutton was a big deal um, for an entire season. You know, I got, yes, there are injuries and you deal with these things. But, you know, when you lose a guy – for an entire year, your 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 most experienced and best receiver, and your best defender. When you lose those two guys at the beginning of the season, you're looking at a rough season and a rough year for the quarterback. So I I think you give him another year. But if Peyton sees there's somebody who's he thinks is going to be a great player who's available, I can see going that direction. I, I I could see it. But I would if it was me, I would give Locke another year to see what what's there i've got one more question for you here jason and if depending on how much time you have left uh i see we have a few listeners that might, that have a couple of direct questions for you sure <clears throat> one of which we kind of just covered we'll levi we'll get to you in just a second here but as a guy that's that spent so much time researching studying uh and when when we talk about research for a book i mean for for a guy like jason that involves getting on the phone calling talking to people you know, emailing, getting information on, I mean, it's a very um, consuming and all-encompassing endeavor. You yeah. know Elway as good as any any journalist out there, uh, inside or outside of Denver. How surprised or were you surprised to see Elway the day after the season ended show up and basically, you know, in in a literal sense, he didn't resign. You know, he relinquished GM duties to to take a promotion upstairs, go be the president, just be the president of football operations. But how surprised were you or were you when, when Elway made that call? Uh, mildly, but I also thought that there was a um, there was an expiration date on this. I didn't know if that was going to be 10 years or 15 or, you know. But he, this is not something he was going to be doing until he was 70 years old, okay? He wasn't going to um, die on the battlefield, so to speak. He's got too many other things to do. Um I think that he put in enough time. I think there were obviously frustrations here. The quarterback thing has not worked out the way he had hoped it would work out. Um, there's only a certain amount of criticism you can take. And, and especially when, again, I get the criticism of Elway and people look, this guy should be the guy to be able to pick out a quarterback. But I also look back and go, look, you don't get Peyton Manning without John Elway. And if you don't get Peyton Manning, you don't get a Super Bowl victory. You don't get two appearances. You don't get all the great things that happened over that first five years. At a certain point, people should, again, give thanks that always been part of the Broncos organization rather than, you know, I, the comments that I see online about how bad he's been. I just think people, they just don't get it, how this thing works. Go ahead, Zach, and I'll grab this uh, super from Levi and Kenneth. I just got to put Jason on the spot. Where is Deshaun Watson playing in 2021? Uh, I think he's playing in Houston when it's all said and done. I think it's almost impossible to make that deal. Yeah. Um, but there's going to be 
there's going to be a lot of changes coming in Houston. I think that eventually somebody within the league, uh, maybe another owner, maybe somebody in the league office will call Cal McNair and say, don't, don't screw this up. Like you have a special quarterback. If you give this guy up and don't, you know, you have a chance to set your organization back for 10 years um, and get on a bad, bad track. And the other problem is other owners don't want players dictating where they're going to this extent, especially when you're removed after um, signing him to a long-term deal. So I think Cal McNair's got a lot of things he's got to accomplish. He's got to fire Jack Easterby. He's got to make uh, Deshaun Watson happy in some way, shape, or form. But at the end of the day, I think he's going to do that. But I will say this. It is incredibly precarious because Deshaun Watson right now wants out. No question about it. Hmm. All right, real quick real, real quick here, Jason. This was a super chat from Levi. He wanted to know about uh, your take on is Drew Locke going to be the guy this year or Peyton going elsewhere? We touched on that. Let's grab this one since it's pertinent to what Jason's going to be facing tomorrow with the Pro Football Hall of Fame from okay. Kenneth Booker. Appreciate the the super, Kenneth. He says, Jason, uh, what's the reason Randy Gratishar isn't in the Hall of Fame? I wish I could give you a really great answer to that, but I've never had to discuss Randy Gratishar in the nine years that I have been um, a voter. I'm not on the senior committee. Um, this is not a cop-out. This is just a fact. Um, I wish I could tell you a lot about Gratishar's career. It's Most of it was a little bit before I was um, really into following, following football. Um, I would say this. There are a tremendous number of, of linebackers who fit into a, an array of guys you, of, you know, with the toughness factor, the tackling ability, the hustle ability, you know, even Mecklenburg to a certain, to a certain extent could, you could argue deserves more, um, more credit in the hall of fame process. There's, you know, Clay Matthews is a guy we're going to discuss tomorrow who I would say I would liken a lot what Matthews produced over 19 years to what Gratishar did. Right. So you're talking about very similar players in terms of the profile that I can recall. Right. It's brutal. It's just brutal. We also have Sam Mills up tomorrow. There's another guy who's sort of in that Gratishar discussion. Um, and again, I'm not an expert in Gratishar's career, but I know basics about it. And I know that people are upset about it, but there are guys who fall through the cracks. And the last thing I would say is, look, this is the Hall of Fame. This is the greatest of the great. Okay. This is not the Hall of Very Good. And that's not to say that Randy Gratishar is just very good. Um, again, I haven't studied the case enough, but I also tend to think that we start throwing, you know, everybody's favorite guy from when they played in, you kind of dilute the meaning of, 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 um, of the honor. Like we have Drew Pearson up as a senior candidate tomorrow. I'm, I'm a little uncomfortable. I don't know where I stand on Drew Pearson. I really need to hear the argument on Drew Pearson's behalf because there are some, you know, that's the era when I started really watching football as a kid. And I was paying, you know, you pay attention to wide receivers. And I just remember going up thinking, you know, Hey, Cliff branches is, is a stud here. Right. And I grew up in LA and Harold Jackson was the stud receiver for the Los Angeles Rams. Mm-hmm. And I watched Drew Pearson. And I'm like, Oh, he's good. Is he that good? Right. Like, 
that that's where that's where this gets tough, and that's why I think Gratishar has fallen through the cracks a little bit. All right, last one, and then we're we're going to cut Jason loose here from from Mike Evans. Appreciate you, my friend. He says, "Do you think the new GM will be aggressive in free agency?" So knowing that. George Payton was a pro personnel guy during the time in which specifically you covered him there in, in Miami. You know, one of the, I don't know if you caught this, but one of the uh, little phrases he used in his statement is that he plans to be aggressive, but not reckless with regards to, to free agency. How do you see him kind of approaching it with regard to mindset or philosophy? Well, I think this is an interesting year because the cap is going to go down so much, right? Um, along with, a very difficult decision on, on what's going to happen with Von Miller, right? Like you got an option to pick up, to pick up, and that's eighteen million on the option. Do you do that? Do you try and work a long-term deal to keep him around? What's the state of the investigation against him? What's the market look like for him? You know, for other teams, if somebody else wants to trade for him, or do you just let him go? Now, I think letting him go makes no sense at all to me. I would pick up the option and keep him around for another year. But again, what's going on in this investigation? So that's very cloudy. But that $18 million can go an awful long way. You also are dealing with a team that you still have a quarterback on the cheap. So you have some opportunities to go out and buy some players. All that said, there's going to be a lot of players available for cheap. So if you're smart in this market – and you, play, and you slow play this market, I think there are going to be an awful lot of very good players available after that initial rush. There usually are, but this year more so because teams are going to be, have to be cutting so many players. Like you look at the Raiders, they're way over the cap. They've got like 10 guys that they're going to have to either adjust their salaries or cut them, period. You know, the, there's some guys in that group who you might want to pick off and grab. Um, there's a number of players. There's, I think the, the 49ers have 40 unsigned free agents, 27 are unrestricted, 13 are restricted. There's going to be a lot of guys on the market this year, and that creates opportunity if you're careful and you don't overcommit really early. Man, it's going to be fun to see how it all shakes out. Jason, thanks for making some time for us here tonight to talk a little Broncos, talk a little George Payton. Guys, I want to remind you, go out and get this book that Jason wrote, Elway, A Relentless Life. Trust me, as, as a big-time reader, you guys know I'm a I'm kind of a nerdy football scholar. This is hands down, arguably the best Denver Broncos book on focused whether on the team or a player that I've ever read, and it is definitely the definitive volume on John Elway. So congratulations on this book again, Jason, and it was such a pleasure to, to read it, and uh, thanks for spending some time, and we'll – anxiously await to hear how the results of uh, the Hall of Fame voting goes tomorrow. Uh, I look forward to it. Thank you very much. I appreciate the plug. If guys, if you need to get a hold of me, you can find me uh, uh, jphilcole at uh, yahoo.com. If people want to get a hold of me to ask me about the book or signatures on the book or anything that you want to do, uh, I appreciate your time. Guys, have a great show. Thanks, Jason. Thanks, my friend. Follow him also on Twitter, as you can see on the screen, at Jason Cole. We'll uh, hopefully get him back on the show at some point in the near future to Ben Ben is here again. Have a great night, Jason. Thanks, my friend. Uh, take care, guys. Thank you. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. 
Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Industry leading. Difference making. Tomorrow shaping. World changing. These are a few of the adjectives people use to describe the technologies and companies Deloitte works with day in and day out. Join us, and soon those very same adjectives could describe your career too. Explore technology careers at Deloitte.com slash techcareers and make an impact on business, technology, and society while engineering your future at Deloitte. There he goes, Jason Cole, man. I mean, this is a this is a legend. I mean, he... Uh, Jason Cole, you guys might sense it a little bit. Like I get a little, I'm kind of a fanboy in the presence of Jason Cole. I just, I've, I've read his work for so long. I mean, he was a, he was an inspiration guy for me when I first got into sports journalism, read his stuff for so long. This book, I'm telling you guys, you got to go out there, Facebook user, whoever you are, by the way, if you want your name to show up on, on the screen like this, you got to give StreamYard permission to display your name. But Elway, A Relentless Life, even if you're not a big reader, all right, if you sit down every morning, whenever, you know, or at night, whenever you can peel away five, 10, 15 minutes to read, this is a book you want to read on John Elway. But Zach, as we start getting back to some of the hot topics um, of the day, we got to, we got to dive a little bit deeper into what he's, what George Payton said about Drew Locke. We got to dive into the latest on Deshaun Watson and more. What do you think is, as, as far as George Payton is concerned, I know there's a few questions on this topic here tonight, but I mean, it was kind of a little bit of a roundabout answer that Jason gave to Mike in regards to is he going to be aggressive? But I think, yes, you have that mitigating factor with regard to the cap coming down. But I do think you're going to see a relatively aggressive George Payton and the Denver Broncos, considering the fact that just two days ago he said, you know, I think you got to be a part of every deal. That doesn't mean, you know, you close every deal, but you got to be involved, which means like in the case of Deshaun Watson, if it eventually gets around the horn that he's on the trade block, George Payton's a guy that's at least picking up the phone to see what's up. The key word that you said there was relatively, though, because the point that Jason was trying to intimate was the same thing we've been hearing about George Payton from day one, that he will be aggressive but not reckless. He'll look to improve the roster in every way, but his core philosophy remains building from the draft. To me, based on Jason's answer, and like I said yesterday, any GM worth their salt, and Elway was the same way. He was always picking up the phone. He was always seeing what the cost of a certain player might be. But for the most part, he's going to pick and choose his battles here. And if you go into 2021 with Locke as a starter, like Jason mentioned, I've mentioned multiple times, you can – you have that luxury of spending elsewhere on the roster. You can bring back a Justin Simmons. You can afford Von Miller if you're paying Drew Locke his rookie contract. You cannot do those things, though, if you acquire Deshaun Watson, if you acquire a Matt Stafford, you're tying yourself to a quarterback and, and hurting the roster in other areas. So we've heard the scuttlebutt on George Payton. We've, we've seen his resume. We we heard the, the answers from uh, Rick Spielman. We've seen little bits and pieces of George Payton's personality. We've heard it from Jason Cole now. I think it's fair to say, Chad, we shouldn't expect any major blockbusters, at least in year one, under George Payton. Guys, we have so much more to get to. We're about halfway through the show. 
a lot of topics we still need to get to. Several super chats we haven't been able to, to grab. I see a few other topics in the chat that are intriguing that that we might want to get to here. Before we do, though, we got to say thank you as well to another sponsor of tonight's live stream podcast, sportsbetting.com. As you guys know right now in the state of Colorado, gambling is legal. You got to make sportsbetting.com your no-brainer destination. If you want to make watching the NFL playoffs, NBA, just a little bit more interesting, kind of like how you do with fantasy football or competitive fantasy football, this is how you do it. And you got to use sportsbetting.com. And the reason why, three of them. Number one, sharp odds, low juice, all right? They are their own, they make their own odds, all right? They don't use third parties to, to manufacture their odds. Hassle-free bonuses, all right, that you can roll over after one time. So what that means when it says hassle-free, that means that after you bet that money one time, you're not hassled to have to bet it five to 30 other times like a lot of the other sites make you do before you can either withdraw that money, use that money, et cetera. And then three, 24-7, live customer support, always a real person in the United States. But the kicker is this right now, gang. After you make your first deposit, sportsbetting.com will double your deposit up to 300 bucks. That's $300 potentially in free bet credits. Plus right now you got the NBA tipped off. It's still a great month for sports in January. So head on over to sportsbetting.com slash mile high huddle. That's sportsbetting.com slash mile high huddle. Capitalize on up to $300 in free bet credits and make watching the NFL playoffs, the NFC, AFC championship game, the Super Bowl, a little bit more interesting. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Put industry leading, difference making, and tomorrow shaping on your to-do list. Explore Deloitte technology careers at Deloitte.com slash tech careers and engineer your future at Deloitte. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. All right, Zach, um, you know, we could go through. Uh, we're already halfway in, so I guess I'll save the other matters of business for the end. Let's get right back into the content. Tim here wants to know, any news on Von Miller? No, we haven't heard any other, no, no additional insights on whether there's going to be an actual criminal charge up to this point. He's just under investigation, no charge, no other insight that I've seen there. And then no further insight in terms of how George Payton or the Denver Broncos are viewing him with regard to, as as Jason Cole elucidated, are you going to pick up the option? You're going to cut him loose. You're going to pick it up, maybe trade him. We don't have any additional insight on that, but we'll see. It's still very early in the process. That's one of those. That's one of the first questions uh, Peyton's going to get in his in his first presser with Denver is what are you going to do with Von Miller? And he's going to give a, a standard non-answer. We're going to allow the investigation to you know play out and make a decision from there. I happen to think that no news is good news for Von though. If we don't hear anything from this, it means it was maybe not that big of an issue. I feel like if it was, you know, God forbid something with domestic violence, just speculating, we would have seen and heard more details by now. So I tend to think maybe, hopefully, it was a little overblown. Uh, at least for Vaughn's sake, I hope that's true. Kenneth Booker with another super. Sorry, my friend, I, I know you got this one in early, but I wanted to wait till we were off with Jason here. But he wants to know what's your what's the percentage chance we get 
Zach Wilson if he's there at nine. So let's just, for the sake of the question, let's just pretend for a second the Broncos go on the clock. Zach Wilson's there, the BYU quarterback, for those who aren't sure who we're talking about. For the taking, what would you answer for Kenneth? Obviously, it depends on how Peyton actually views Locke and views the quarterback situation. I think if any move he's going to make, it would be for a veteran. And everything we've heard, it, it points to a veteran backup coming in that can provide some competition or be that fail-safe for, for Locke. I don't know. I mean, it's tough to pass on a quarterback, especially maybe the quarterback two in this in this class. I just don't know that's the way Peyton would spend his first pick. You know, um, I, I would tend to think it's maybe a 30%, 40% chance that he'd be the guy. I, you have to address other areas, Chad. And by that point, by the draft, they're going to probably have their backup in place already. So if they go for a veteran, they're going to have that guy in the building. We'll know that answer going into the draft. If they sign a Andy Dalton, they're not going to draft Wilson at number nine overall. So I tend to think it's still early right now. He goes cornerback or linebacker and kind of passes over quarterback in round one. Hey, Clayton, thanks for the reminder, guys. If uh, you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, make sure you like this video while you're enjoying the content and participating in the conversation. Those likes help us a ton. It's a great organic way to help us out. Uh, you know, I'll say this, and, and the whole quarterback thing and offseason decisions, and especially as it relates to the draft, man, it's a conversation that evolves and takes on its own kind of a life of its own, so to speak. Robbie, thank you for the nunzi, I should say. Thank you for the stars. It kind of takes on a life of its own. And I mean, for example, this time in 2012, we were penciling in Tim Tebow as quarterback of the Denver Broncos because John Elway stood up there at the at his end of season press conference and said, when asked, hey, did Tim do enough to, to earn the job for 2012? He said, yeah, Tim's our guy. Well, little did John know, Peyton Manning, the biggest fish in the history of free agency, was going to hit the market only a month or so later, and they went after it, and that totally changed the game. So a lot could change with the landscape. A lot could change in the conversation between now and then. But my read on this is if Zach Wilson is there at pick nine, I'm giving it like a 10% chance, a 10% chance at best. I think they're going to roll with uh, with Drew Locke this year. And, uh, Zach, go ahead, and then we'll grab Albert. I just think maybe in that scenario, I can even see a trade down for a desperate team. They want to move up a team in the in the teens or the 20s. They want to move up for Zach Wilson. Okay, we'll take a first-rounder. We'll take a second-rounder. We'll take a player. That could be a possibility. And I see some of the comments that say, if he's there, you take him, no question. But can you really pass on, though, a, 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 maybe a future all-pro linebacker in Micah Parsons or a future shutdown corner, which you desperately need in Caleb Farley for a quarterback that you might not need if Drew Locke pans out or the veteran backup they sign pans out? So that's my take on it. Yeah, and it's like I thought Jason brought up a good point with regard to quarterbacks, that it's it's easy to pick holes in quarterbacks. You know, just like in, in, in life, if you want to find the hole in the boat, you can find the hole in the boat, like – if you look hard enough, you look long enough, <clears throat> excuse me, you'll find that hole in the boat. And the truth is, as up and down as Drew was at times uh, in 2020, there were a lot of mitigating factors that you have to consider. What, in fact, here's here's what, uh, Albert, I'm taking you off screen just for a second. I'm going to bring you right back on. Let me, let me uh, show you exactly what uh, George Payton had to say about Drew, because I think this tells you a lot about where things stand. All right, this is... Uh, George Payton's first on-record quote with regard to Drew Locke as Broncos GM. Of course, this was given to NBC Sports' Peter King. Quote, Drew's talented, and I think he can develop. Obviously, you want to bring in competition to every 
position, close quote. So, Zach, I do think the that he likes what – I think, you know, when the phone rang and the Broncos initially requested an interview for George Payton, I think after he accepted that interview, the very next thing he did was jump on and pound some tape on Drew Luck because obviously he had a good feel for Drew Luck because he's in the NFL. He's one of 32 starters. But he probably jumped in. One of the first things he did before showing up for that first interview and did a quick evaluation on Drew Locke because what's the first question, if not the first, one of the first, that the interviewee or interviewers, I should say, are going to ask the interviewee, what's your take on Drew? You know, can he be salvageable? Do you think he's the future? Did he, have, have you seen enough to think that more time on task, more development is warranted? I think by virtue of the fact that he got the job, he was inclined to believe that there's there was some there there. We saw some some pretty impressive peaks from Drew, also some pretty concerning, you know, valleys as well. But I think you look at the Carolina game and then all those games from week 11 on, for that matter, and you imagine the Denver Broncos not having, you know, third and fourth string guys playing at half the positions on defense. You imagine having Vaughn on the field, Shelby. You imagine having, uh, you know, Bryce Callahan on the field offensively. You imagine having Cortland Sutton. And you can start to to picture a much more competitive product, especially if you give Drew a little bit more time to develop going into year three. He's going to develop. That's a natural course of things. It's just a matter of degrees. How much? For, how how far forward does he leap? I like that, Jason. It, it kind of is on our uh, bandwagon and saying that there's something there with Locke. That Locke showed enough to at least get another season, and there are some foundational building block uh, abilities that he has as quarterback. But this is what I said yesterday. I don't think George Payton would make that comment about the Broncos being a sleeping giant if Dwayne Haskins was the quarterback. I think he made that comment knowing that Locke is, he may not be fully developed. Obviously, he's not an an all-pro or pro bowler. He has a long, long way to go for that. But there's at least the... The, the, the building blocks in place, the nucleus in place for maybe them to, you know, develop that under the right circumstances or for the Broncos to go in the next season with a better constructed roster, no injuries and no pandemic. I, I think there's a part of Peyton doing his due diligence, being a good GM and being a good talent evaluator that sees the incumbent and what they've done with him and, and possibly what they can do compared to maybe another quarterback. Dude, you hit the, you hit the nail on the head. I, I 100%. I think you're on the right path there. In fact, look what this is what King wrote about the issue after getting off the horn with Peyton. He said, quote, Peyton's obviously feeling his way. Saturday was his first day on the job, and it's fair to give him a couple of months before choosing a quarterback path. It's most likely someone will have to beat out Locke in camp or during the season. Close quote. That was Peter King. And then also you got to remember that he talked about the good core of young players, Zach. Yeah. We, I hear your dogs going in the background. Yeah, um, the, the thing about Locke is I, I think as a second-round pick coming out of Missouri, even though they had Kirk Cousins, he's done a lot of advanced scouting on him, and he knows what he's capable of. And, I, and you know, King nailed. People make fun of Peter King all the time. He has sources in Denver, I mean legitimate sources in the Broncos front office, if not John Elway himself. He predicted – Beyond, before anybody else, the Broncos would sign Case Keenum. So if he says that Locke is going to be the starter or maybe in an open competition, it's worth at least considering that maybe there is some truth to the incumbency remaining for next season. All right, let's grab Albert here. Who do you think? Thank you for the question, my friend, and for being a supporter on Facebook. He wants to know who you're picking for the Super Bowl. He says Packers and Bills. What's your prediction for uh, the Super Bowl ultimately? 
is Mahomes playing Sunday? I, I, if if he plays Sunday at full health, which is looking you know less and less likely, I do think the Chiefs win that game. But if it's Chad Henney or if it's a reduced Mahomes, I think the Bills could actually blow that team out with that defense and Josh Allen playing that way. I, I predicted you know going into the playoffs, I thought it would be Green Bay and Kansas City. I could I think Green Bay is going regardless. I think Aaron Rodgers on another level this season, Chad. I mean, he's playing. He's he's the true MVP for my money. I love to see him win another one. I think it'll be Green Bay. And again, if he's anything less than 100%, I, I think it'll be Buffalo. And that would be a great game. You know, I, I'd love to see Rodgers win again, but to, to dispel those ghosts, Chad, for Buffalo, that, that, that great fan base in upstate New York, all those wide rights and all those, you know, near misses in the Super Bowl, I kind of, now that the Browns are out, I'm kind of rooting for Buffalo to uh, win the big one. Oh, undoubtedly. I tweeted about this today. I, I can't remember who it was that uh, hit me up about this. I apologize, but oh, it was Dave. It was Dave Vegan. He said, uh, Broncos country has now become hashtag Bill's Mafia. And uh, it's true. I think 99.9%, if not 100%, of Broncos country has thrown in with the Bills because it's the Chiefs. You don't, and even if it, even if the Chiefs hadn't won the Super Bowl last year, and even if the Chiefs were not entering their third consecutive AFC title game appearance, it's the Chiefs, man. And the Bills. Anyone who followed has followed football long enough to, I mean, if you were around in the nineties to be paying attention and you saw the long suffering and the, I mean, they got to the, almost to the top of the mountain. They should have at least one ring. If the kicker doesn't miss Scott Norwood in their first one against the giants, they do have at least one ring. And then with that ring, you don't know how that would have reshaped second, third and fourth Super Bowl appearances in terms of juice and juju and all that. So, man, they've, um, they are the quintessential case. Them, and the Bills and the Vikings of the the quintessential missing rings teams, the teams who have, you know, had been to the been to the pinnacle so many times, but just couldn't quite get over the hump. So I'm I'm rooting Bills, but my pick to answer it's I'm again it comes down to Mahomes. But right now, just based on what we know, I'm gonna for the sake of this conversation, I'm gonna assume Mahomes isn't gonna play. I'm taking the Bills, and in the NFC, I'm sorry, I hate to say it. I think Tom Brady is going mm. to take down the Packers because he's Tom Brady. All right. This dude cannot be freaking stopped. Try it as you will, try as you might. The dude can't be stopped. He's 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 a freaking robot. But before we grab Zach Lee Butler here, Zach, kind of cool. After the uh Bucks Saints game, of course, Brady sends Drew Brees home packing and Brees has a big decision to make. I think he's gonna retire for what it's worth. I think he that should. rib in- I think that rib injury, man, that just reminds you. So uh, it's a it's a stark reminder of your mortality and where you're at in life. And you know, there's a man that's he's got a ring. A he's got so many of the NFL records. B he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. C and he's a how many hundred million dollar contracts has this dude played? So he's got more money than he'll ever need. His kids, kids, kids are are set. Dude, go enjoy life. Go do something. You don't need to get your what was it? Eleven ribs busted, a punctured lung. I mean, this cat was taken to the to the cleaner. So I'm thinking, by the way, the reason I'm bringing this up after the, after the game, there was the, some footage taken of Tom Brady and Drew Brees meeting on the field there in the Superdome, throwing the ball around with Brees' kids and just like being a good dude. Like we hate Tom Brady. Broncos fans hate Tom Brady, but it's a, it's for me, it's a, it's a hateful respect. This dude, I do respect right. him. I mean, you, especially seeing what he's doing, getting to the, to the NFC title game now in Tampa. How can you deny that he's not the goat? I mean, it's, it's at least an argument you have to consider. The dude is just – he's unstoppable. So I th- I'm picking Bucks, Bills, Super Bowl, the most unlikely you know, uh, result, both road teams. 
It's like Mahomes, though. I mean, we all, Broncos fans love to hate the guy because he's a rival player, but you have to respect what you see, and what you see with when Mahomes is on is is pure greatness. And at his current pace, he'll go down as the best quarterback I've ever seen play. Just um, just the way he, the, the plays he can make and the way he throws the ball, it's pretty incredible to watch. Selfishly, I want a Packers-Chiefs Super Bowl chat. I want to see Rodgers and Mahomes, but um, I'd love to see Josh Allen go against uh, Aaron Rodgers as well. Great, great matchup. Great offense. Yeah, this, I mean, you take out the Chiefs, to be honest with you, this is just my take. You take out the Chiefs, this is a pretty optimal, um, you know, collection of four teams in the each conference championship game. It's It kind of feels fresh, even though, you know, uh, Rodgers has been there before and Brady's been there before, but it's a new team. And Rodgers hasn't gotten over the hump in how long has it been? That loss to the, to the Steelers uh, in the Super Bowl, uh, I can't remember what year that was, or no. Yeah, they lost. He, am I, am I tripping? He, they, beat he beat the Steelers. That was his title. Oh, I'm thinking of – I'm sorry. I'm thinking of the Steelers beating uh, Kurt Warner. But nevertheless, he's been to the top of the mountain. But still, it kind of feels fresh because it's different ingredients this time. It's the Bucks. I mean, when's the last time you saw yeah. the Bucks in a, in a game like this? 2003, right, when they when they won it all. So let's grab Zachary Butler here. Thanks for waiting, my friend. He says, thanks, Zach and Chad, for keeping the convo fresh. Developed seems not to be an issue with luck. It's what he can be developed into is my worry. I'm not sure exactly what you mean by that, Zach, to be honest with you, but the focus for George Payton, he said it many times, it's the draft and it's developing. It's not just draft, rest on your laurels. You got to develop those players that you drafted. And the truth is a big part of this equation, Zach, is that, you know, the Broncos have, they did draft Drew Locke. It wasn't George, but they did draft Drew. They put in some development, two years of walking that desert, paying their dues, you know, putting time, TLC, whatever you want to call it. Do you want to walk away? You walk away from that if you've seen no steps forward. If you've seen absolutely no glimmers of hope, no sign, then you, you, you turn the page. But I think there's been enough there that the Broncos, including George Payton, want to see one last swing at the plate. Unfortunately, though, I mean, you have to answer the million-dollar question is, do the Broncos have the coaches to develop Drew Locke? And I happen to think the answer is no. I happen to think that under Shermer, he took a couple steps back and uh, whatever progress he made in 2019 was kind of undone in 2020. And that's kind of also part of my argument is you want a a big trade or a big investment in Zach Wilson or Matt Stafford or or Deshaun Watson. You want to invest all of that and bring him into Denver and have him saddled with Pat Shermer. So if they can't develop Locke or unlock Drew, what makes you think they'll do any good with Zach Wilson or another other quarterback on the roster? All right, John, <clears throat> excuse me. I know you said you had one you wanted to grab. If you got him, no? Okay, we'll, we'll get it here in a second. There's an interesting one from uh, Leroy here on Facebook. He says, I love Drew Luck. I love his swag on the field and off the field. I'm just not a fan of Pat Shermer. We need to bring in a young coordinator that has today's NFL concept uh, offense. Pat Thank Shermer's you. offense, too vanilla and too predictable. Zach, he's, he's speaking your language. It's it's. I'm sure it's a point that, uh, Chad, I'm sure even you agree with to an extent. I mean, it doesn't really matter who you bring in. If they're stunted and if they're, their ability and potential is maxed out and capped relatively low under Pat Shermer, it's not going to matter either way. They need, and if we've seen the hiring process, look at the way the NFL is going, the Arthur Smiths of the world getting hired, Chad, and the Mike McDaniels and Mike, uh, Mike LaFleur is flourishing. The Broncos need that guy in place. Pat Shermer, the game passed him by, I think, years ago. You know, just because I'm a weirdo and I was talking about Aaron Rodgers and Super Bowls, I'm looking here at Packers playoff history. 
they he outside of the Super Bowl uh, year that the in 2010 when they got to the Super Bowl and did beat the Steelers, he's been to the conference championship once 2014. Let's see, twice 2016, uh, thrice 2019, and this will be the the fourth time since winning the Super Bowl that Rodgers has led the Packers to the NFC title game. So it'll be interesting to see if this time he can get over the hump. Shout out to uh, Orange Crush on uh, Periscope. Appreciate that, my friend. Yeah, Jason Cole. I mean, this is a guy, you know, he's forgotten more about about the NFL, even journalism, than we'll ever know. He's just a he's just he's a Hall of Fame journalist. And there's a reason why he's a Hall of Fame voter. And we always enjoy having him on on the show. Let's grab a sleek trope. Appreciate you. He says, I doubt this might happen, but what would happen if we got Micah Parsons or Caleb Farley? Would Zach jump around and go crazy? But seriously, what would happen? <laughs> Zach, go ahead and, t- and, and take that I, one. I mean, you're talking about getting the best inside linebacker and the best cornerback in this draft class. I, I'd be pretty happy with that. But I, one or the other, a, in a realistic world, I'd be happy with because the Broncos, I hate to say it, guys, they're not a quarterback away from winning a title. They have multiple holes throughout their roster. And as Deshaun Watson proved in Houston, you can have a loaded offense, but if you're missing pieces on defense, it's not going to matter or along the offensive line, which the Broncos need help with as well. So they got to address those areas, and that's why I'm saying don't expect him, George Payton, to give away draft capital. Don't expect him to make a massive move for a quarterback. He's probably going to stay put or move back a few spots, hoard capital, and address the areas like cornerback and inside linebacker as he correctly should, Chad. Logical. I agree. I agree. Jason Christopher, sorry we couldn't get to your question for uh, for Jason while he was with us. You know, when we book a guest like that, we tell them, you know, 15 minutes or so. And by the time we signed off, we were, we were about 10 minutes over that. So we got to be respectful to their time. But his, his super chat was Jason. Awesome name. If Drew really is the answer at quarterback, who winds up getting the credit, Elway or Peyton? And in that sense, Zach, I think we can answer that here. That's good. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. It's going to be John Elway gets the ultimate credit there. 
I mean, you can give Peyton, if he does blossom, you give Peyton uh, credit for sticking with him and not jumping ship on him. But yeah, Elway's the one who drafted him. Elway's the one who started him. And Elway's the one who built up the supporting cast. And also probably, we don't know this, Chad, but probably said to George Peyton, listen, the preference is, again, it's your baby. It's your ship now. You're the commander. But our preference is collectively, you stick with Locke for just this season. You can do what you want next year, but 2021 should be another year for Drew. All right, we do have to kind of rapid fire. We're about 10 minutes till uh, the one hour point here. So let's rapid fire these. And here's one from Peyton Enns, a guy that we uh, are not familiar with on Super Chat. So welcome. Thank you, my friend. Good to see you. Appreciate you being with us. And make sure you connect with us on Twitter so that we can shout you out after the show. Peyton says, hey, guys, been watching the show since the start of the year. I can't watch live but uh, much, but I love the content. Locke was great. Weeks fourteen through seventeen, one more year. Yeah, I would I would argue it started in uh, week eleven, and then a little hiccup of you know what happened in the Saints game, which he obviously didn't get to play in NFL. Kind of screwed the Broncos there, but I would argue Zach it started in week eleven. But but thank you, Peyton. And that's the the point that we were making is that Drew Locke, yeah, he he's far from a finished product. He's the antithesis of a finished product. But he really did take a step forward, at least in his own right, in the second half of the season. And especially, and I'll say this again, the season finale, it was arguably, and not just judging by the, the box score, if you watch the game for all four quarters, arguably Locke's best game in a Denver uniform. So there's definitely room to grow with him. And that's why I think that's what's alluring about him as a quarterback for next season. All right, John, uh, we got one here from Muhammad Badri, MHH, male model, in the house. Good to see you, my friend. He says, hey, rock stars, I'm late. Hey, better late than never, my friend. Better late than never. We're happy to have you. Thanks for being with us. Good to see you. All right, let me see here. We uh, we have a couple. Um, I can't take Muhammad off there. There you go. Uh, Chase Wellner, appreciate the super, my friend. Good to see you. He says, hey, guys, if we had a free agent veteran, who is your preference? Well, I guess it would de- it would depend entirely on the position you're talking about. Right. Um, let's go quarterback, though, just to make it. Yeah, let's just take quarterback. Who is your preference? <sighs> veteran quarterback. Realistically, a, a realistic veteran quarterback, I'm going to probably say Andy Dalton. Uh, I would say Fitzpatrick. I, I know we have another question about that, but he's a little too erratic for someone in a backup role that you look for consistency. He should be your safety blanket and not the guy you're, you know, you're biting your fingernails over. I would take Andy. I think he was always above average in Cincinnati. He looked really good uh, filling in for Dak Prescott last year. Um, you know, unre- non-realistically, I'm, I'm Dak Prescott is the free agent quarterback that I would throw money at um, and save my draft picks as opposed to a uh, Deshaun Watson trade. But in terms of the realistic options, I don't want Trubisky. I don't want Tyrod Taylor. I'll go Andy Dalton. You know what? I uh, will have to see because I think there might be a guy or two cruising for free agency who's not technically a free agent quite yet that might end up That's getting good cut. Point. But I, yeah. I I concur. I mean, you know, in the, the dream is like, you know, if you can land Dak Prescott, you get Dak Prescott. Ain't going to happen. So I'm with you on that. Andy Dalton, look, I don't know if Pat Shermer's the guy to uh, shepherd him into uh, a team like the Broncos as a backup, but just seeing what he was able to do with such a decimated Cowboys team overall in the, down the stretch, they, that offense put up some points, and you just want a, a veteran who can come in, not only be that mentor to Drew, but also provide just enough, um, just enough to kind of create some competitive anxiety, some competition anxiety, 
And then if you need to turn to them, Zach, you have a, an actual competent failsafe who can keep you competitive if Drew gets hurt or, you know, worst case scenario, Drew ends up just flaming out. And uh, to your point, Chad, a lot of uh, Broncos fans would, would contest that. Oh, well, look at Dalton, all the talent he had. He was actually a really talented team because he had the receivers. But when he, if you watch a Cowboys game last year, Zeke was not Zeke in the second half of the season. He was not he didn't have his starting right tackle, his starting left tackle. Zach Martin was out. So it was not an ideal situation for Andy Dalton. And if you watch the last three games before week 17, the offense was looking like the pre-DAC injury offense there. A lot to do with the coaching. I wish the Broncos had a Kellen Moore, Chad. But Andy Dalton, if injury should arise, you can win with him, as Dallas did kind of a test last year or this year. Jaden Torres jumping in on Super Chat. Thank you, my friend. Uh, make sure you connect with us on Twitter. And if you already are, Make sure you reach out and let us know your handle because sometimes they're not the same. We don't know who's who if your Twitter handle is different than your YouTube handle. But thank you. He says, how's it going, guys? Out of uh, Fitzmagic, Tyrod, or Andy Dalton, who do you see as the most likely to battle lock? I would prefer, uh, I guess it's Tyrod. That's how his, how his, his mother says it, it's Tyrod. Um, uh, of those I three, I guess if you're going battle, if you're trying to vanquish Drew, you know, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm still sticking with Andy in, in, in that trifecta. You know, I was thinking about, first of all, it's another offseason where Tyrod Taylor, I'm calling him Tyrod, I don't you know, with respect to Mrs. Taylor, uh, his name is Tyrod to me. It's every offseason, I've been asked about him, we've been asked about him, is Tyrod Taylor an option for Denver? It's like, this guy will not go away. I, I want nothing to do with him. As a fail-safe, as a pinch starter, nothing. He, he's maxed out a while ago. Andy Dalton, though, what occurred to me, we always talk about Pat Shermer's offense being archaic and being in the mid to late 2000s. That's when Andy Dalton thrived in the NFL. So maybe that would be a better pairing in a worst-case scenario if Locke bombs or gets injured next year. If Dalton steps in, maybe he'd work better with someone like Pat Shermer. But that's the fail-safe I would not mind. He wouldn't be that expensive, but he'd be much better than Jeff Driscoll or Brett Rippon. Uh, John, do you have Crudum, Crudum? Our friend Crudum that's come on strong of late. Just uh, see what you can grab, and I'll, I'll grab Willie here real quick. Appreciate the super chat, Willie. He says, can't bet against Brady. It's a Bucks bills Super Bowl. We shall see, my friend. That's that's I, that's how I'm seeing it. But if Pat ends up getting back in time to play, I mean, I, I could still probably see the Bills winning that thing, but that changes the equation. Yeah, sportsbetting.com slash mile. I don't know. I am betting against Brady this week, literally. Crudum. Sorry if I mispronounced your name, my friend, but thank you. It's been great to to get to know you and be part of this conversation with us here. So thank you. Welcome. It's also great to connect with you on Twitter, by the way, as well. He says, Zach, how do you feel about Ryan Fitzpatrick as a backup? I liked how he seemed as a, a tutor to Tua. Fitz is a solid backup, and his veteran leadership for Locke could help. He, I mean, I think that relationship worked. It was because Tua was a rookie who kind of knew his role. And when he was uh, taken out of the, I think it was the Oakland game, the Miami came back and won, uh, you know, late in the season. After that, when Ryan Fitzpatrick, the face mask throw that he made, they were, Tua was like hanging off him and celebrating with him. That's a very unnatural or unusual relationship between backup and starter in the NFL. I don't know how that would work with someone like Locke who, He's humble, he's a good leader, but he wants to start and he wants to win and he wants to be the quarterback. I don't really think that having someone also as turnover prone and as erratic as Fitzpatrick would be an ideal mentor for someone like Locke. I think someone like Andy Dalton, who is a good passer, but also a very careful passer, would have more significance and more importance to teach Locke a thing or two. Muhammad jumping in with also a super sticker. 
Always clutch, my friend. Good to see you. Appreciate you so much, my brother. Um, all right, we are three minutes, two minutes from the top of the the hour here, as far as how long we've been on uh, streaming live here. So let's let's grab our remaining supers from Z Dub. Everyone knows Smouse in the house. It is great to see you, my friend. Hope you've been well. Um, really cool to see you uh, getting your podcast going. Um, I'm trying to remember, John. Remind me what it was. It's um, Brothers in Orange and Blue, Orange and Blue Brothers. Orange and Blue Brothers. Oh, let me think. That's not it. Is that Brothers in, in Blue and Orange, I think, right? Anyway, Z-Dub, great to see you, bro. He says, Chad and Zach, I just want to say thank you for bringing us together. Uh, because of you, we have a podcast, and we will promote you in every future pod. Well, hey, man, we appreciate you. And, uh, you know, it's, it's cool to see It's cool to see how people get inspired. And if in any way, yeah. shape, or form, we inspired you. That's That's truly an honor. Yeah, and if we can help in any way, as always, Zach, be sure to hit us up, and uh, we appreciate your support as always. Best of luck. Josh Johnson, jumping in. JJ in the house. Thank you, my friend. He says, what's your honest ceiling for luck? Ryan Tannehill, Derek Carr. Uh, ceiling, honestly, I would say, Mike, thank you for the stars. I would say um, if Jay Cutler would have panned out, in terms of when he went to when he went to Chicago, the best of Jay Cutler. I mean, pick your year. You can go to two thousand eight Broncos. I think that's if you if you had a Jay Cutler two thousand eight version Jay Cutler as your quarterback. I don't care what team it is. That's a quarterback you can win some games with. And I think that's the ceiling. You could throw in you know Matthew Stafford, but honestly, Matthew mm-hmm. Stafford to me, even though he's a very common pro comparison for Locke. He's been a very uninspiring quarterback, especially since, you know, number one overall pick in 2009. From the time Megatron retired, he hasn't done squat, dude. So, I don't know, that's a really good question, but probably somewhere between the best of Jay Cutler. We're we're talking ceiling here, all right? Best of Jay Cutler and maybe the best of uh, Derek Carr, somewhere, somewhere in there. I think Trey Lance is more Matt Stafford, and I think uh, for someone like Drew Locke, not Tannehill. He he's more. He was more of a game manager, and he had great uh, coaching with Arthur Smith in Tennessee. I could see Derek Carr being a little erratic, a gunslinger. He has a, nice, a good arm talent. Um, I would say though, in a best case scenario with like McVay Shanahan level coaching, I could see him being a tier above a Derek Carr. Who that is, I don't really have an exact name for that, but I think he can be in the really good but below great quarterbacks with really A-plus coaching. And you know what? You can win games. You can go oh, a lot of games with, with guys yes. like that. I mean, Pro Bowl is the ceiling. Patrick Mahomes, no. You know, MVP of the league, probably not. Probably not. But Pro Bowl caliber guy uh, that you can win some games with. Poppy from the top rope, goodness gracious. Wow. Thank you so much, Thank my you. friend. It is uh, always lovely and great to have you in the chat with us, and we just appreciate Appreciate your support. I mean, it keeps us going. It keeps, it's a big part of how we're able to dedicate this time every single night for you guys is the support of our community and the support of our superstars and, you know, our Facebook supporters and the stars we get on Facebook. So it all adds up. But, Bobby, you are, you are a linchpin. You're an impetus to that. So thank you so much. I mean, literally every time I look at my bookshelf behind me, I look at my bed, the beautiful blanket that Bobby, you know, bestowed upon us. I, I'm just reminded of the, the, uh, the the gratitude and the the appreciation I feel for our superstars and for Poppy and for everyone who gives back. I mean, Chad, we both have almost like shrine shelves from just the things that people sent us and how generous people were to want to, you know, uh, 
gift us those things. We're, we're, it's, it's mind-blowing. Thank you so much, Bobby. I'm in the process here very soon. What's up, Gerald? Thank you for the stars, buddy, of uh, redoing my office in the, in the next couple of weeks. And I'm going to make much more of a focus some of those uh, keepsakes, for lack of a better term. The Hobbit book, a very valuable book that I got from Mundungus for, that was very kind. Uh, the Do What You Want, Bad Religion book from Glenn, who's in the stream tonight. It's great to see you, Glenn. And from a bunch of stuff from Duke, from Pobby. Just, it's just a kindness that, uh, that just blows my mind. Uh, wow. Jordan Johnson has been sent us stuff. And been, it just Your support blows us away uh, day in and day out. So thank you, Pobby. Uh, Crotum jumping in again. Thank you, my friend. He thank says, you. youth is a factor on this team. This roster has potential. Look at the other quarterbacks in the AFC West and their supporting cast. They have that experience, which helps. Mahomes has the best case it, uh, cast in the NFL. I agree, Crude. I mean, in fact, we were talking about that last night. One of my observations when uh, Chad Henney stepped in after Mahomes went down is the first thing that jumped out to me is just, man, as good as Mahomes is, he is a he is so blessed to have that not only that coaching staff but that supporting cast. I mean, the speed is just unbelievable. The raw, dominant playmaking ability at every level on that offense. It's just you know it's hard to compete with, and and that's why you saw the Chiefs go on and continue to win last year all the way to you know keeping them in alive for the for the one seed to eventually getting into the playoffs with Matt Moore. And then what you saw on uh, on Sunday from from Chad Henney, it's just. Unbelievable. But yes, the youth of this roster, when George Payton says he sees this very much as a sleeping giant, I believe him. I believe him. The question is, how do you awaken that giant? Uh, it's it's definitely, I think, the coaching in Kansas City. I mean, for anyone who followed Chad Henney, he was ran out of Miami. And similar to how Tannehill took off in Tennessee after failing in Miami, it's all in terms of coaching. And Henney came in there, Chad, in a playoff game against a feisty Browns defense, and Cleveland had all the momentum, and he came in and made some big throws because he's been coached up the right way. Reed and Biennemi, what a pairing that's been. It's almost unfair to the rest of the rest of the league. Willie again jumping in. Thanks, Willie. He says, we ripped him. Uh, if Locke blossoms, Shermer gets credit. Shermer will get credit. Sure, if Locke yeah. blossoms, he will get credit. Um, it's interesting, Zach, that almost that reminded me, I almost forgot to mention it, that Skanes, Rich Scangarello, getting rehired by Kyle Shanahan to be quarterbacks coach. And you had a very funny tweet that, you know, things are funny. When, when we laugh at comedy, you're watching a stand-up comic up there on stage and he tells a joke and you laugh because comedy is true. You laugh because it's true. And Zach, the joke, I, I, I perceived it as a joke, but I know you were serious, I'm sure, but <laughs> a little bit yeah. true, dude. Drop some knowledge. No, I, I think he'll be a head coach in 2022. Look at Brandon Staley, Chad. He went from being a linebackers coach in Denver. Now he's the coach of the Chargers. By the way, guys, if Vic Fangio loses to his former understudy, God help that man. He might be fired on the spot. But just the way Scangarello, Chad, he was working with Shanahan originally. He came to Denver. He was the coordinator here. He did. He had success with Drew Locke. And and people in the know realize that he went four and one. Then he goes to Philadelphia and helps coax production out of Jalen Hurts. Now he's going back as the quarterbacks coach for Kyle Shanahan. It's those kind of guys that NFL teams are always looking to find. It's the next Sean McVay, the next Kyle Shanahan. Might not happen in twenty two, but if he continues to blossom under the Shanahan guidance, I think he'll be a head coaching candidate. He got a raw, raw, raw deal in Denver. Savage boy Kev on uh, Twitch got to tip our cap to the Twitch peeps. He says, but Zach, you got to remember that we have Fangio, a great defensive mind who cost four turnovers versus Carr with a depleted defense and contained Mahomes both games. I wouldn't be too worried 
about defense. That defense also gave up in crunch time. The defense lost them the game. Fangio lost them the game against the Raiders. I give him all the credit in the world for how he's played Mahomes, but Fangio, his coaching, and his defense was the reason why they lost that Raiders game. Don't die on that hill. By the way, here's here's another uh, question to ponder. If Staley goes on to have success as the head coach, I mean, what the heck? He's the head coach. Who gets the credit, Vic Fangio or Sean McVay? Hmm. Who's triggered? I'd say say Fangio because he was the defensive guy and he kind of uh, gave Staley a shot as a position coach. Good question, though. Uh, Duke, good to see you, bro. Appreciate the super. Appreciate your support. He says 2021 will only be good if there is an OTAs scrimmages against other teams and a preseason. If 2021, <clears throat> excuse me, mirrors 2020, meaning no OTAs, no preseason. Denver will not be the team we wish they would be. Hashtag Gratishar Hall of Fame. I agree that they need that. This is a young team. And what's funny is I haven't heard one Denver Bronco when asked about it yet. And a lot of them were in their final uh, media availability as they're cleaning out their lockers that day. When they were asked about, you know, uh, J.C. Treader, who's, you know, center for the Browns, also the president of the NFLPA, saying, uh, hey, the, the pandemic taught us we don't need OTAs. We don't need preseason. You get that thrown at the young Broncos. Every guy that's been asked so far said, no, I think we need it. Our team needs it. So, you know, J.C. Treader, knock yourself out. But we, need, we need OTAs. Yeah, unfortunately, it came out today that the combine is going to be virtual, all virtual. I mean, I, if anything called for a bubble, it would be that. And I think after going through the season, normally, for for the most part, you think there would be a combine. But I hopefully they have as many reps as possible because with the new GM and with uh, new moving parts coming in, they're going to need every rep they can get. All right, guys. <clears throat> we uh, I want to make sure we're not – okay, we got Chris, Blue Rod jumping in. Good to see you, bro. Thank you. He says – are we looking to get comp- uh, compensatory picks this year? I'm trying to think. Um, Shelby depends on what happens with Shelby if you if you let him go. It depends on what happens with Simmons if you let him go. Uh, I'm trying to think who else, Zach. Um, that would be uh, among the guys that would warrant a, a comp pick. I think that'd be it. Yeah. So it just we're in a holding pattern there. Uh, BG, good to see you, brother. Appreciate the super. Better late than never. He says, I'm here, but late. All good, man. Appreciate you. Also, shout out to Ernie. Big Earn, as I like to say. Good to see you, brother. Always reminds me, man, this guy, if it gets to 4 o'clock Mountain Time and we don't have the stream link set, this dude's <laughs> DMing me going, dude, where's the stream link? I need to get in the room. He wants in early. He wants to set up. He wants to be in the in the room with you guys, start talking, start chatting. So, Ernie is a dedicated member of this community. And look Big at him, rocking the, rocking the same hat that you see yours truly here. But, John, I think uh, I think that's it. So let's let's say goodbye for tonight here, guys. We didn't spend much time on this um, at the top of the show because we had to be cognizant of, of Jason's time here. But make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter. There is a way. There are multiple ways to keep the conversation going with us outside of these live streams. And it starts with following on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod, the main account, at Mile High Huddle. My partner, Zach Kelberman, at Kelberman NFL. Myself, on Twitter, at Chad N. Jensen, and our producer, John K., at John K. MHH, a.k.a., of course, you know him as Buona Beast, on Twitter, at John K. MHH. The second way keep the conversation going is head on over to milehighhuddle.com, read the articles, or after, maybe you click on, the, on a link from Twitter or YouTube or Facebook. After you read that thing, at, when you're at the bottom of the story, 
drop a comment. We want your takes. We want to hear your thoughts on the very topics that Zach and I and all the guys that we're writing about. We want to hear your takes. So that's another place because we respond. All right. If you address us in the comments, we're going to come in. We're going to respond. We keep an eye on that. It's what we live for. So check that out, gang. Also, a reminder to uh, go get your hands on this book written by Jason Cole. All right. Elway, A Relentless Life. I promise you it's a read that you're going to value. It's very illuminating. A lot of, I mean, I knew a lot about Elway. I thought I knew that everything there really was to know, you know, generally speaking about Elway. This book, I mean, I what, what I knew and all the books and the stuff I'd read only scratched the surface. And not only that, after you read it, it makes for a nice little memento put on the bookshelf. It's a great, great, great book. Uh, Marcus, good to see you, bro. Appreciate the stars. Also, guys, gentle reminder, check out the merch store. Get your swag on. HuddleUpPod.com. Get a hat, get a tee, get a hoodie, face mask, mug. Another way to support what we're doing here. Also, this is a call to action right here. All right. Go become a supporter on Facebook. Those of you watching right now on Facebook, a couple hundred of you, right now at the bottom of the chat where you would put in your comment, there's a green icon. If you click that, it takes you right to where you go to sign up to become a supporter. Why does that matter? Well, it supports us. A. B, you get access to Kelberman's Corner, plus more content that's coming out that we're rolling out here at Mile High Huddle for 2021. But we're two episodes in on, <clears throat> excuse me, on Kelberman's Corner, which of course includes Zach dropping uh, hot takes, but they're hot takes that hold water. And it's hosted by Kim Becker. It's a little bit different flavor than, than these long-form live pods. Really fun. Communities involved as well with questions at the end. So head on over to, to our page on Facebook, facebook.com slash milehighhuddle. And if you, if you navigate that way, you'll see the big blue button that says become a supporter. You click that, you're in like Flynn. And then you'll be notified when we, when we go live for Kelberman's Corner and upload any other additional content that we're going to be rolling out specifically for our Facebook supporters. All right. Also, before you get out of here, we appreciate it. You like this video. Guys, you have no idea. A simple like on YouTube, a simple like on uh, on Facebook, it adds up quick. It becomes, it proliferates. It becomes an exponential thing. Helps us out tremendously. Subscribe if you're on YouTube. Subscribe if you're on Apple or wherever you're listening to this podcast after the fact. And then the litmus test, if we did a good job for you tonight, if this was quality content, share this out there, all right? Or when you see us, tweet the link, retweet it yourself. These little things, organic ways to help support what we're doing here at MHH. But other than that, mile high salute to you guys. Love each and every one of you, especially our superstars, especially our supporters. Zach, great conversation with Jason. Yep. Have a good week, bro. And, uh, you know, we'll we'll reconvene Wednesday night. But uh, And by the way, Wednesday night we're having on. We're having on Mike Evans. He's going to come on. We're kicking off superstars again. So look forward to that. But, Zach, have a great week, bro. Sign us off. And I think Wednesday, Chad, we'll be getting George Payton's availability that day. So we have could have a big podcast in mind for Wednesday night. Regardless, though, look forward to talking. Thank you, Thomas, for the stars. Look forward to talking with you then. And as always, guys, until we see you next time, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. 
Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 